The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome to Data Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be brave, and be fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Data Gurus. I'm so excited to be meeting with Jane Clark, CEO Managing Director of the Coalition for Innovative Media Measurement. Time to welcome this week's Data Guru. Welcome, Jane. Thank you. Very glad to be here. How are you? Pretty good today. Good, good. So tell me about uh, the coalition. What's it about? What's the mission? Well, SIM is uh, a group of all the cable and broadcast networks, the uh, okay. television networks, uh, the media buying agencies, tending to be the uh, research uh, people, particularly who work in video and television. Okay. Um, and we also, uh, we started with a handful of large advertisers, but have ended up mostly working with the ANA. Um, but we want to fully represent, you know, the buy side and the sell side uh, to solve for a couple of challenges. The first one is, um, innovating in the area of cross-media measurement. Um, and the second is uh, trying to push to bring more granular measurement to television. When you talk about granular measurement, give us some examples. Well, so television has been measured um, for the last, oh, however many years. Um, it's, there's been some changes over the years, but it's essentially been a panel uh, of households uh, that, you know, have a meter in front of the television and then people have to push buttons yeah. uh, to say that they're in the room to get counted. Um, it, it's not entirely ideal for a couple of reasons. One is that viewing is so fragmented these days. There are hundreds and hundreds of cable channels and it's very hard to actually get a large enough panel that can represent all of the long tail of viewing. So... Uh, census type data like set top box data or smart TV data are okay. coming into the uh, to the market. Um, there's an, a challenge with those data in that they are not fully representative. They have kind of weird footprints that are uh, you know just like samples of convenience. you know if you're the footprint of a particular pay TV operator or the footprint of a particular smart TV, there are biases in those kinds of data. So the panels are still being used now to help to calibrate all these big data sets to right. make them representative. But gradually, as those become more available and more representative, we may be able to move away from panels. Wow, that's pretty, that's a major move, right? In terms yeah. of moving away from panels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it would be, I mean, and the other issue, though, is that the problem with the machine data is you don't know who's in front, like how many people are in front of the set and who's in front of right. the set. You only know that the set is on. And you and you know the content that's being viewed, I would yeah. imagine, yeah. right? You know the set's right. on, you know the content, you know if it's ads or, right. you know. But uh, you don't know the people. You right. don't know that, yeah, who's yeah. sitting in front of the set, how many, how their ages, genders, and right. other interests about them. Now, what's been happening is a lot of big data sets are available at the household level right. that indicate purchase behavior okay. or being in the market for a car sure. or, you know, all kinds of uh, audience-based buying segments is, uh, or purchaser segments or behavioral segments right. is kind of the way the industry is moving. Yes. And in some cases, they don't really care. 
you know, if it's a, to, to know how many people are in front of the set or if it's a man or a woman, they just really want, you know, or kids, they just want to know that that household uh, buys this product or doesn't buy this product and might be persuaded to buy it, you know? So there's certain household characteristics or they're Republicans or right. they're Democrats, you know, for yes. the, the uh, you know, in the political arena. So um, some people are happy to just purchase, you know, use the television data to match against these big purchasing segments and then um, target their advertising that way, yep. you know, either through fully addressable television, right. you know, which is really only happening kind of in local right now, sure. um, or just using it in a planning way to find the best shows, the best networks, the best day parts where the people who are in my target audience uh, from an advertiser like point of view are going to be more likely to be viewing. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. www.datagurusfodcast.com, number one resource for data users and creators. What about this younger generation, uh, Gen Z, who, you know, in all respect, in, in what I continue to hear about, are never going to get to the television set. And I don't know if you're seeing that as well. There's a lot of hype about it. People talk about cutting the cord, and some people say they are never going to get the cord. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of hype about it. And basically, a lot of it has to do with income and the yeah. ability to buy big screen TV sets. I mean, the bottom line is if you're watching Sight, Sound, and Motion, right. the experience is much better to watch a movie on a large screen than it is on a teeny little small right. device on your lap where you can barely see. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a lot of people call it, uh, you know, the most, uh, the best available screen. Right. And so just because people, when they're starting out, can't afford a big that screen TV, TV yes. you know, okay, they can find other ways to sure. watch it, you know, on laptops, mobile devices. I think the bigger issue is going to be more ad supported um, versus uh, paying Fair. for your content right. because there are indications that people in the younger generation, if they have the money, right. uh, are willing to pay for right. content. And if they can kind of manage the cable the, you know, the pay TV Bill, access. Right. Instead, you might get a Netflix subscription, an Amazon subscription, and not pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks right. for that big cable package right. with everything in it, you know, with a home phone and security systems, everything else they sell in those packages these days. You know, most people, young people don't even have home phones, you know, so they have a cell phone. They can have a couple of subscriptions. Um, but I don't, you know, I personally think that I have two kids in their 20s, so they're a little bit, you know, uh, forming households, and they love getting right. the television and the pay TV subscription where they can watch sports and major events, news, live. There's a lot of things that are still happening live. Hurricane coverage. Yeah. I mean, you know, people like to watch, especially the sports, they right. like to watch on the big screen. I mean, you can get maybe news and weather on the small screen, and then sure. you don't want it, but... So I think it's just the, these definitions are changing. Right. Watching television, right. people think watching Netflix right. is watching television. television. Right. So, you know, I think we're just going to be changing our yeah. definitions. People like to watch Sight, Sound, and Motion. They like to watch it on a big screen. And they're willing to take advertising if it helps them to pay less, which has always been the case, right. you know? Yeah. So... I, I think it's just a balance of how much people will pay to get their content without advertising versus, you know, some exchange where they're willing to give their data or, right. or just have some exchange where they get something for free and they'll be willing to, to, to watch advertising. It's really understanding that equation of yeah. what people are willing to 
yeah. that threshold. Yeah. Cause not, I mean, there's certain instances where people actually look for advertising, yeah. you know, like in a magazine, sure. you're, you're planning a wedding, you're and buying you a new house, and, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. So there, there are certain ways where people yeah. really naturally do want to see advertising. You're looking for a new car, yep. but there are other instances where no, really, you know, they just are willing to watch it to, to pay to have yeah. an exchange where they get something for free. Right. I love uh, sight, sound, emotion. That's a really good definition in terms of content. You know, it's funny. I was having this conversation with somebody um, in the industry as well, and I said, my kids are younger than yours, and they don't say TV. They say, can I watch a show? Can I watch a movie? There you go. You know, it's not the device per se. It's just the content that they want to view and consume. And then it's up to the parents and what the threshold is that we're we're willing to do there. But that's the challenge for the media companies. Like, they, they create shows. Right. They create brands, yes. you know, and then they have to figure out how to monetize right. those. And it can be so complicated yeah. these days because you can monetize it by selling it directly to someone, you know, selling a digital copy directly to someone. You can sell a subscription that they're paying a subscription to somebody like a Netflix and right. you're the distributor. You can sell it to somebody like YouTube and they might put advertising on it. You can put your own app up I, right. with or without advertising <laughs> and right. charge a fee or not charge a fee. So <laughs> there's so many options. It'd be the, the jobs of the media companies of tracking it all and like strategizing how to monetize it um, are more complicated yes. than it used to yes. be. So are you working on a current project to date? that you want to talk about? Or is this an ongoing dialogue in terms of improving measurement? Oh, gosh, we have a bunch of different initiatives. Um, we have a, a, an advanced TV committee, smart TV committee, okay. that's looking at ways we can you know, innovate in, in bringing more standardization, okay. more data quality to a lot of the data sets used in this whole growing area of audience-based buying on TV. Um, we have a cross-media committee that's working on... Uh, looking at when the industry, the TV industry could move to actual ad ratings so that it would be comparable to what happens in digital video. There's this conflict now where the TV ratings are based on like averaging all the ads in an entire show versus um, the individual spot ads. And so that's been kind of a, uh, there's a lot of inertia towards moving off of the way you've been doing things for a long time. Yes. Um, we're also looking at what I mentioned before. How do you create person's level data from machine data? Right. So from set-top box data, how do you try to turn that into some modeling of who's in front of the television yes. set? Um, we have a kids and teens committee because oh, okay. they're very complicated. Yeah. All the same issues you have with adults, but you have more with kids because of these COPA uh, awesome. you know, yeah. constraints where you have to... Um, everything in digital measurement has to be opted in by their parents. And also you can't rely on things like Facebook because, you know, the Facebook data, you're supposed to be 13 when you sign up for Facebook. So, you know, all the 10, 11, 12-year-olds are pretending to be 13, 14, and 15-year-olds. So really the data for Facebook under 18 is not very reliable. So uh, anyway, we're working on some single, really interesting single-source passive methodologies that involve like, facial recognition technology wow. and, um, you know, ways to kind of passively measure the uh, everything going in and out of the router meter in your yes. house and these yes. new router meters that capture all of that. So we're looking at how can you do this really so it doesn't bother people right. that they're being measured. They've opted in, everything's good, but you don't have to, they don't have to keep pushing buttons and keep indicating that they're in the room, things right. like that. You want the experience to be seamless to the to the, to yeah. the person, I was going to say respondent, but to the person who's being measured yeah, or family. Yeah, working on an open standard audio watermark, which will help to identify content and ads. So if we could get the whole industry standardized around uh, the same 
you know, standardizing the ident- the name of the of the piece of content in right. the ad. So the entertainment ID registry is a content okay. registry that the media companies are starting to use, and ad ID is a ad registry. Interesting. So. Well, the good news is there's no shortage of topics to tackle. <laughs> <laughs> keep going, but there might be Navigate the data system with Data Gurus, www.datagurusspodcast.com. Well, I thank you for being here. And before I wrap up, I always like to ask a a fun kind of lighter question. And, you know, my question to you is how would you, what adjective or adjectives would you use for the word data? How would you describe it? (laughs) That's really good. What comes to mind? Oh, gosh, there's so many things. Yes, you can have good data, bad data, (laughs) (laughs) Um, unstandardized data, data, you know, standardized data, unstructured data, structured data. You can call data gold. I mean, you know, it's just like data really is the new economy, you know? I mean, we think we've been... We think we've been in the information economy, right. but we're really moving into the data-driven economy yes. where everything we do because it's digital right. creates a footprint or a breadcrumb, as people like to say. Yeah. Um, and how do you deal with all right. that? And how do you protect people's privacy? How do you have them opt into letting you see all, right. you know, all your data or, or not? Yeah, or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then how do you just analyze and sure. make sense out of these enormous amounts of volumes of data and and use it in ways that, you know, are going to work for businesses, but also, you know, are hopefully going to work for consumers. Yeah, as well. So thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Oh, it's fun. And uh, stay tuned for another episode of Data Gurus. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Data Gurus podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.datagurusspodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.datagurusspodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.